Appendix 4. 1 John chapter 2 verse 2. There is one passage more than any other which is appealed to by those who believe in universal redemption. And which at first sight appears to teach that Christ died for the whole human race. We have therefore decided to give it a detailed examination and exposition. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. 1 John chapter 2 verse 2. This is the passage which, apparently, most favours the Arminian view of the atonement, yet if it be considered attentively it will be seen that it does so only in appearance, and not in reality. Below we offer a number of conclusive proofs to show that this verse does not teach that Christ has propitiated God on behalf of all the sins of all men. In the first place, the fact that this verse opens with, and necessarily links it with what has gone before. We, therefore, give a literal word-for-word -word translation of 1 John chapter 2 verse 1 from Baxter's interlinear, Little children my, these things I write to you, that ye may not sin, and if anyone should sin. A paraclete we have with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. It will thus be seen that the Apostle John is here writing to and about the saints of God. His immediate purpose was twofold. First, to communicate a message that would keep God's children from sinning. Second, to supply comfort and assurance to those who might sin, and, in consequence, be cast down and fearful that the issue would prove fatal. He, therefore, makes known to them the provision which God has made for just such an emergency. This we find at the end of verse 1 and throughout verse 2. The ground of comfort is twofold. Let the downcast and repentant believer, 1 John chapter 1 verse 9, be assured that, first, he has an advocate with the Father, second, that this advocate is the propitiation for our sin. Now believers only may take comfort from this, for they alone have an advocate, for them alone is Christ the propitiation, as is proven by linking the propitiation, and, with the advocate. In the second place, if other passages in the New Testament which speak of propitiation, be compared with 1 John chapter 2 verse 2, it will be found that it is strictly limited in its scope. For example, in Romans chapter 3 verse 25 we read that God set forth Christ, a propitiation through faith in his blood. If Christ is a propitiation, through faith, then he is not a propitiation, to those who have no faith. Again, in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17 we read, to make propitiation for the sins of the people, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17, revised version. In the third place, who are meant when John says, he is the propitiation for our sin. We answer, Jewish believers. And a part of the proof on which we base this assertion we now submit to the careful attention of the reader. In Galatians chapter 2 verse 9 we are told that John, together with James and Cephas, were apostles, unto the circumcision, i.e. Israel. In keeping with this, the epistle of James is addressed to, the twelve tribes, which are scattered abroad, 1 verse 1. So, the first epistle of Peter is addressed to, the elect who are sojourners of the dispersion, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 1, revised version. And John also is writing to saved Israelites, but for saved Jews and saved Gentiles. Some of the evidences that John is writing to saved Jews are as follows. a. In the opening verse he says of Christ, which we have seen with our eyes, and our hands have handled. How impossible it would have been for the Apostle Paul to have commenced any of his epistles to Gentile saints with such language. b. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning, 1 John chapter 2 verse 7. The beginning, here referred to is the beginning of the public manifestation of Christ in proof compare 1 verse 1, 2 verse 13, etc. 
Now these believers the Apostle tells us, had the old commandment, from the beginning. This was true of Jewish believers, but it was not true of Gentile believers. See, I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him from the beginning. 2 verse 13. Here, again, it is evident that it is Jewish believers that are in view. D. Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. 2 verses 18 and 19. These brethren to whom John wrote had heard, from Christ himself, that Antichrist should come. See Matt 24. That many Antichrists, whom John declares, went out from us, were all Jews, for during the first century none but a Jew posed as the Messiah. Therefore, when John says, he is the propitiation for our sins, he can only mean for the sins of Jewish believers. In the fourth place, when John added, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world, he signified that Christ was the propitiation for the sins of Gentile believers too, for, as previously shown, the world, is a term contrasted from Israel. This interpretation is unequivocally established by a careful comparison of 1 John chapter 2 verse 2 with John chapter 11 verses 51 and 52, which is a strictly parallel passage, and this spake he not of himself. But being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation, and not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Here Caiaphas, under inspiration, made known for whom Jesus should die. Notice now the correspondency of his prophecy with this declaration of John. 1 John chapter 2 verse 2. John chapter 11 verse 51 and 52. He is the propitiation for our, believing Israelites, sin. He prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation, and not for ours only, and not for that nation only, but also for the whole world, that is, Gentile believers scattered throughout the earth. He should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. In the fifth place, the above interpretation is confirmed by the fact that no other is consistent or intelligible. If the whole world signifies the whole human race, then the first clause and the also in the second clause are absolutely meaningless. If Christ is the propitiation for everybody, it would be idle tautology to say, first, he is the propitiation for our sins and also for everybody. There could be no also, if he is the propitiation for the entire human family. Had the Apostle meant to affirm that Christ is a universal propitiation he had omitted the first clause of verse 2, and simply said, he is the propitiation for the sins of the whole world confirmatory of not for ours Jewish believers only, but also for the whole world, Gentile believers, too, compare John chapter 10 verse 16, 17 verse 20. In the sixth place, our definition of the whole world is in perfect accord with other passages in the New Testament. For example, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you, as it is in all the world, Colossians chapter 1 verses 5 and 6. Does all the world, here mean, absolutely and unqualifiedly, all mankind? Had all the human family heard the gospel? No, the apostle's obvious meaning is that, the gospel, instead of being confined to the land of Judea, had gone abroad, without restraint, into Gentile lands. So in Romans chapter 1 verse 8, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. The Apostle is here referring to the faith of these Roman saints being spoken of in a way of commendation. But certainly all mankind did not so speak of their faith. It was the whole world of believers that he was referring to.
In Revelation chapter 12 verse 9 we read of Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. But again this expression cannot be understood as a universal one, for Matthew chapter 24 verse 24 tells us that Satan does not and cannot deceive God's elect. Here it is the whole world of unbelievers. In the seventh place, to insist that the whole world, in 1 John chapter 2 verse 2 signifies the entire human race is to undermine the very foundations of our faith. If Christ is the propitiation for those that are lost equally as much as for those that are saved, then what assurance have we that believers too may not be lost? If Christ is the propitiation for those now in hell, what guarantee have I that I may not end in hell? The blood shedding of the incarnate Son of God is the only thing which can keep anyone out of hell. And if many for whom that precious blood made propitiation are now in the awful place of the damned, then may not that blood prove inefficacious for me? Away with such a God-dishonoring thought. However men may quibble and rest the scriptures, one thing is certain, the atonement is no failure. God will not allow that precious and costly sacrifice to fail in accomplishing, completely, that which it was designed to effect. Not a drop of that holy blood was shed in vain. In the last great day there shall stand forth no disappointed and defeated Saviour, but one who shall see of the travail of his soul and be satisfied. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 11. These are not our words, but the infallible assertion of him who declares, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Isaiah chapter 64 verse 10. Upon this impregnable rock we take our stand. Let others rest on the sands of human speculation and 20th century theorizing if they wish. That is their business. But to God they will yet have to render an account. For our part we had rather be railed at as a narrow-minded, out-of-date, hyper-Calvinist, than be found repudiating God's truth by reducing the divinely efficacious atonement to a mere fiction. This completes uh, our uh, reading of the book, The Sovereignty of God by A.W. Pink, Earth. Frank Pink, and uh, this is the last uh, uh, appendix. With that said, I'm going to end our podcast here. As I usually end my podcast, is God is out here. You can find him in your Bible. Just pick your Bible up and read it. And I hope you enjoyed the reading of this book uh, in the audio form uh, that I produced for you. Uh, With that said, goodbye for now, and God bless, and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye for now.